to see myself first, right? <laughs> Every time. Things haven't changed. Every time you have to see yourself. All right, all right. Welcome back, everybody. Um, we are here as always. Chris is here, my lovely wife, Karen, and a special guest tonight, Tony Markika. So I'm actually super honored tonight because I got two of my SWAT boys in, oh, yeah. in, in the right. house tonight. And uh, Tony and I, um, we go way back to the beginning. 2002, brother. 2002. Um, we, we basically uh, started at the same time, made SWAT at the same time. We just kind of grew up it, uh, doing the same thing. I even broke my hat out of storage, man. This, is, like a, this is the hat we got when we made SWAT. When we first made you SWAT. You still got yours? No, mine's worn out. Um, this thing's pretty nasty, but I wanted to wear it for Tony tonight. Thanks, bro. It looks good on you. It does. It does look you good. Feels you good. still got it. I still got it, man. I'm old, beat up, raggedy, but I still got it. So um, before we kick this off, uh, we'll get to our announcements. Obviously, we're brought to you tonight by the Dirty Ore. And uh, Chris came here and brought us a uh, uh, tonight's treat. I'm going to let him tell you about it real quick before we dive into it. Right on, guys. Uh, this one, uh, if you were listening last week, we did the Sublime, which was the uh, big Blondale with the uh, Key Lime and Lychee. Uh, this is the same base beer, but uh, the new fruits are raspberry and coconut. Uh, so this one's a little bit more fruit forward, a little bit uh, more flavorful, uh, but it's uh, great for a summer day. It's really bright and uh, very refreshing. That's good. It is refreshing. You're refreshing. Thank you very much, sir. <laughs> I'll break it up for you. There you go. No, it's awesome. Hey, if you don't know the address of the Dirty Door, Chris, where can we find you at? 329 King Street. 329 King Street, right on 520 heading east, right before you get to the river. Beautiful little store. Hey, show up. It's changing right now rapidly. I think you got the, the back is all done. Is that correct? Uh, yes, sir. We have the, uh, the new AstroTurf. Uh, and we have the new shade structure that's up, and they fix the leaks and everything. So every, it's every day lights are up. Yep, every day there's a new a new place there to uh, the food trucks that are incredible. So you can stop by, have a nice drink, great atmosphere, and uh, get fed. If you haven't stopped by, please do. They are huge supporters of us. We couldn't do it without them. We're very grateful that you're there. Mm-hmm. Best little warehouse in Coco, right? Just one one block south of Peachtree. Come on, guys. Y'all know where that's at. Big ore on the side of the building. You can't <laughs> miss it. You can't miss you it. You can't miss it. <laughs> yeah, I know where it's at. <laughs> Chris, thank you so much. We, we we really appreciate what you do for us. Oh, our pleasure. I, we appreciate everything you do for us. And that's the big sexy. And, and I was going to say, did you say the name of this? Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty big. The big sexy. The big name. That's I mean, name. your guns tonight, you holding that can, I mean, you make it, look, it look small. Does it look good? Perfect. All right, perfect. Yeah, yeah, like, the new, can, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the new spokesperson for the Dirty War right there, Tony Markika. Big sexy. Yeah, I who love had, it. Who had the nickname Big Sexy? Ooh. Come on, Tony, who's uh, that? I can't remember. Uh-huh. I'll think about it. Um, Karen, I, I'm not sure you're. It's your turn. It, it's my turn. Um, uh, I just figured she, before she cuts us off. Tell them where we're going <laughs> and what we're doing. What's coming okay. up next? So um, Saturday, we've been talking about this for a couple weeks, um, but Saturday, this Saturday, we have the MFC poker run going on. Um, we are really excited, and the Dirty Ore is actually the first stop along the route. So um, it's not just motorcycles. Cars are welcome, uh, and it's going to be a great time. So it's going to be at the Azan Shrine Center down in Melbourne. First bike out, 
first car out, I think, is 10.30. And then the last bike in is 2.30. We're going to have a great time. So please come out. All proceeds are going to be donated to Survive First. So the more people that come, the more people that join in. Uh, we have great raffles. There's a live auction. The better off we're going to be, the more first responders we can support. So please come on out. We hope to see you all. Absolutely. She said say waffles? waffles. Waffles. There's going to be waffles there? Waffles. Chicken and waffles. I love, I love waffles. And Paul says hi. He, he's tuned in for us. Paul, we miss you. Uh, we love to have you back. We're excited for you to come back. Um, Paul is, is part of the Dirty Ore group that, that continues to support us. Please come out and, uh, and see this, this motorcycle run. Participate. Help, help us out um, and share it with somebody. Let, let everybody know what we're doing, where we're at, where you can find us. And... Um, What's the next step, Karen? <laughs> next step, uh, November 9th, there's a 5K uh, that is being put on that we hope everybody comes out for. It is the 321 Represent 5K. All Well, not all proceeds. There are three beneficiaries for this, but we are one of them. So we hope that everybody will come out and, and support us in that as well. That's going to be a great time. And then, of course, in January, we have our Run for Responders 5K that everybody needs to come out and support us because it is a great time hey if you missed it last year there were a lot of people a lot of people signed up late the uh the medal the namesake all the things that you'll take away from that the just the opportunity to come and fellowship together it was absolutely incredible there were a lot of police cars that lit the path it's it's right around dusk um turns into a really great time the dirty is back there again helping us take take care of everybody um and and maybe you could try. I, I don't know. They uh, they'll pop right back out with the uh, everyone's the, hero. Everyone's hero. So if you have an opportunity, you you definitely want to try that. Um, great opportunity. Lots of first responders, but you don't have to be a first responder to come and do that that run. Um, and it's cool. So like me, I don't like to to sweat when I run. So I try to wait to work out to the or end of run. the year. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, I don't do it. I just sit there and watch them. But um, I noticed uh, everybody else wants you at their events now, too. So we were first. So I'm just right. like, I was right. a little jealous that y'all did another event this weekend. So, But Karen, it turns out, Karen, I guess. I must be saying something wrong because Karen just tapped me on their table. So <laughs> she gave me a look like, don't be punking nobody out. Listen, this is my damn right. show. I'm a punk. <laughs> hey, as much as we want to support y'all, we, we just want to be a good neighbor and good That's for right. Coco. Like, that. we just want to be Listen, involved in the community. We love you, Chris, but you only need to worry about the dudes with guns and right now there's three guns pointed at you under this table uh. long as you just worry about us <laughs> you guys are great and uh so and speaking of that so i just saw um joanne siegel chimed in if i said it right i probably said it wrong i'm sorry joanne but um I thought I think she signed up. I saw her signed mm -hmm. up for the race. So hi, Joanne and uh, and Zach Zach Campbell. Man, we love you, bro. You're a freaking hardworking, awesome firefighter. Yeah, love you guys. We love you, man. Yeah. You're such a good dude. So um, are we done with the? Or no, she's not done. Go ahead. <laughs> you, she just <laughs> hit me, baby, one more time. We, we don't have she any just more. She in a deep breath. It's coming. <laughs> we don't have any more events to talk about. But one of the very first things that we always discuss when we open up our show is where we are at with um, law enforcement suicides uh, as of 
as of the day. So unfortunately, we don't have the numbers for fire. I wish we did. But for law enforcement, we are at 162 verified law enforcement suicides for the year 2019. That is just for shy of where we were at last year. So uh, what would it end up being 170? Um, one, 167, I believe. Maybe more. So yeah, and, uh, and uh, I'm sure it's more. We and we don't have the firefighter ones just because mm -hmm. we uh, we don't have the resource to get the accurate number, so we don't want to you know tell the wrong number. But it, I assure you, it's high. Mm -hmm. It's just as much as law enforcement. So um, that one is too many, and that's that's all I have to say about that. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And I, I told a guy this uh, guy out west this week because when you look in the law enforcement and the firefighter industry, I have a bad habit of saying that in the first responder world, the um, they always use this term "stop the stigma." And the more I think about it, because it aggravates me, I think it's the dumbest saying out there, and and just personally, and and because. I don't. I truly don't think cops care about the stigma anymore. I well, think it did at one time, but I don't think they do anymore. There, there's a few, but I mean, here, here it is. This is. I was talking to Doug earlier. It's all in the namesake. You, you can say stop, stop the stigma, but it's survive first. You got to survive first, and that's why we're here. So, last time we took just a little quick three second break, uh, just to remember those people, uh, our brothers and sisters that have fallen. Um, that are no longer with us. So if, if you want to mind, just take a quick moment of silence. I'll, I'll keep the time and, and just think about somebody that and, and how we can change that for somebody. Three seconds is forever, but it's not a lifetime. <clears throat> no, that's true. Um, so the, uh, what was I talking about? You know, I'm having them up. <laughs> I'm sorry. I forgot. <laughs> the stigma. The, the stigma. stigma, yeah. That's how much I, it aggravates me. Yeah. So really what I'm trying to tell everybody is, uh, yeah, I'm not a big social media guy, but when I do go on it, it aggravates me because people will post the dumbest crap on there and they'll support the dumbest crap. I mean, I, I wish people loved us as much as turtles and cats because the, if you support the turtles, support the cats, but when it comes to support the cops, it's go, you know, F right. yourself. So, right. and then, and so what I'm telling these guys now, instead of putting the title out there, stop the stigma, don't put that no more because nobody cares about that. Put out there, fix the freaking problem. You don't have to say freaking, that's just my word, but you can just say fix the problem. Or survive first. Or put an answer up there because yeah, people are looking, stop the stigma. Like Every time I look at it, I didn't care about no stigma. Never phased me one bit, nor do all the guys that I know and that I'm dealing with on a daily basis. They're not concerned about the stigma. They're suffering, and they're suffering for a reason, and there's help out there, and there's reasons. It, it doesn't have to be survive first. There's plenty of great organizations out there from the Northwest. You have Code 4. You've got... Um, even in another industry in Florida, what's what's code, Deborah's place? Code nine. Code nine. There's a ton of code stuff out there, but they're two great organizations outside us. We don't really care if you call us, or we we care that you call us. But if you don't call, call somebody. I mean, the, the main goal is to get help. That's it. We just want you to get help. And we want you to stay alive, and we want you to live a healthy, happy life because 
this is going to bring us into the subject. Can I just go hey, ahead no, and no, no, no. commercial hey, or can we yeah, roll? Let, we, we can cut the commercial, but here's something to think about why we take that break. Hey, you see how intense Doug just came out with? Like, know that this show, share this show. You're going to take something great away from this. Flip us to break, babe. We are Ruthless Politics, Vladimir Putin's favorite podcast. Hello, American podcast listeners. I am Vladimir Putin. I like this podcast. I like this guy, Trees. <laughs> Kid groaning, not so much. Tune in every Tuesday for Ruthless Politics podcast, live from Moscow. <laughs> Just kidding, folks. Live from the Space Coast podcast <laughs> studios in sunny Florida. No, no, but for real, every Tuesday, check it out, and you can see it on the YouTube, the Facebook, and the Twitter and Instagram. Hey, I'm Vinny with the all-new Vinny Marino podcast. I want you to join me every other Monday as we tackle all the craziest headlines from around Florida and truly explore and uncover what's missing. Also, we will invite the exciting guests from our community who have seen it all and aren't afraid to spill the beans about it. And finally, we can't forget about Vinny's top three rants and raves about traffic, restaurants, and events. Join us on Facebook as we go live and bring you behind the scenes of each show and let you be a part of it. The Vinny Marino Podcast, all Space Coast, super raw and unedited, straight to your dome all the time. Live from the Space Coast Podcast Studios. Listen everywhere you find podcasts. yelling at me to start talking all right so i was just about to dive into it um talking about the job so listen you know and i've said this before it's a freaking cool job i loved doing my job so much what'd you say one of the best jobs the best job and i there listen because i I saw a comment man just quit being a pussy and do the job (laughs) hey man that that's how i got like this was doing the job and ain't nothing listen i i ain't met one yet on my unit we were a bunch of heavy hitting hard hitting thugs but here's the deal so once upon a time back in the day we were so into what we were doing kicking doors blowing stuff up training running and gunning that's what we lived for i i, I go back as back in the day tony and i we it, it's funny how both of us have had this connection both our wives at the time were pregnant we were both out on fmla matter of fact not only were they pregnant they went into labor at the same time where we we were at swat training yeah and they were next door to each other yeah and so tony and i are at swat training we both have to leave swat training lights and sirens mine was in in a critical situation 
we run in the, in the he takes off i take off get to the um the hospital and Tony's wife is in the next room. We're looking at each other across from the hallway. It was it was kind of a funny moment. But even after that, we were out on FMLA and we had a SWAT call out. So we weren't allowed to participate in the SWAT call out. So what does Tony and I do? We hide across the street. Because <laughs> we're just like, hey, if, the, if it goes down, we're just grabbing our guns and we're, run, and we're going. Game time. That's, at that time, we were eight up at that time. Yeah, we got older. We, we were, were like, oh, screw that. Yeah. I ain't going, man. That's we're, right. we're, we, 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 got, we got out of that phase pretty quickly, but we were eight up. Yeah. But what that's, is, that's yeah. what I was that's saying. That's part of the job. That's how much you want to be there. Yeah. You want to be there and go help somebody. Absolutely. We were always 45, an hour early, 30 minutes, whatever, for our briefings, you know, laughing, carrying on, picking on each other, doing things like that. And somewhere along the line for me, I mean, it's not always the job. I just got done teaching that in, in Virginia. It's not always the job. The job could is definitely impactful, but it could also be personal issues, you know, at your home, with your family. That could be a catalyst to making you, um, hey, brother, that's my brother finally on there. I ain't seen him in a while. Um, so, you, you know, you... It, that could that could be the buildup, and then something radical happens at work, and and what do you know? I you know I had a great career, far as I mean we did some ugly super ugly stuff, uh, and I've been you know and, and all of us here at this table have been exposed to some really nasty and ugly stuff, but you know it was a totality of things that happened to me you know from injuries to just tragic things I saw you know uh, things I've done. But somewhere along the line, something fell apart. Something fell apart in, in, internally in me. And that's what brings Tony into the, in the and, and that's what brings this subject to matter to the table is what do you do when your friend is suicidal and your partner? So it, it was it was really difficult at the time. Not so I mean, it was, I was going through my thing. I can't speak for these guys, but I could only imagine because not only, was either brother on that team i was their friend i was their co-worker and the same goes family. for the chief i was fam we were, we're family. family we, we, we still are family we still are and and i and and really most of the time i always i don't know if you catch this but karen is around enough and chris i always say i always bring up tony and his wife or i'll say the the marquicas and the cantaloupes because when I hit the bottom of the barrel, not only did they sacrifice their families to make sure that right. I was taken care of, like I tell people all the time, Tony drove me to a hospital. Where'd you, where'd we go? Hattiesburg. Where, where Mississippi. Mississippi. Hattiesburg, Mississippi. He remembers. Yeah. I, I, I just. That was we, a long conversation. How do you yeah. Like, <laughs> I just don't remember. I, I was a little bit out of my mind if you don't yeah. if, if you remember. You to drive. And I was like, hey, no, well, no, you no, ain't no, no. Tony, uh, Tony drives me straight to like Mississippi. It was, it was freaking long. Like 30, everybody, anybody who knows me knows I don't, I don't drive more than five, five minutes before I start crawling out of my skin. So. Well, you have something to say? Well, just to. <laughs> I hear her over there. She'll, I know she's she waiting. Sucks she's in water. Water. I love like, it. Just, to, just to. <laughs> and I'm about to let this lag go out. <laughs> just to paint the picture a little bit more, you really were in a bad spot for three days prior to that. 
you had pretty much been locked up, not in jail, but I mean, yeah, it, it, I was just locked up in a cuckoo house. So a, I, you were of, so angry. Yeah, I'm, and I was you need to angry. talk about that too because people need to hear that mm -hmm. and about the angry. When, yeah, when you mm -hmm. well, no, about the the place where you were going to because when we first started, when this happened, you know, not only did it hit us, and we were like, all right, well, what do we do? You know, what do we normally do with people that say they want to hurt themselves? We send, we Baker Act them, right? That's mm -hmm. what police officers mm -hmm. do. And unfortunately, Doug had to go through that. And when we, when, when we ended up driving him down there twice, when we went up driving him down there, I came to visit you. Uh, John Blackledge came to visit you. Mm -hmm. um, and we sat there and talked. And I mean, even Doug was crying. Even Doug was even sustaining. He goes, I don't belong here. Mm -hmm. And at that moment, seeing somebody there, especially a family member that was, I mean, that needed help, and then that's the way that we treated him. It was wrong. And I want to say that we reached out to the chief at the time, and we were he was already looking because he knew that that wasn't the place for you. And that's when we found this place in Hattiesburg. Well, and, and what I can say to that is we had been dating for maybe four months, and I know from the, from the few phone calls, he was so so angry um, yeah. angry angry at the world He's angry, at, angry at me angry at angry you at me. yeah angry at you angry, oh, at, angry at oscar and, and just so angry that he was there and couldn't see past that at, at that time so i, I think it was important that we brought that up no it was very I'm, important i'm the only one he wasn't so mad at let me let me touch on that since tony brought it up so angry so here i am my life is falling apart my you know my personal life had fallen apart um my marriage had failed then i went to a crappy girlfriend not you babe it was the one before you we won't mention her name and uh i you know my life revolved around triathlon and surfing and running and i had that robbed from me from getting injured at work so all these things were were and i was mad and so here i am I'm heartbroken, um, I'm distraught, I'm at the bottom of my barrel, and and then I get, I get locked up, handcuffed, put in a patrol car, in the back of a patrol car, and they take me to a freaking mental hospital, and they stick me in there with a bunch of dirt bags that I put in there weeks prior, arresting them, and drug dealers, and drug addicts, and- Prostitutes prostitutes there was one there that day i remember because i was you made yeah. you made a point to say that and i was like you gotta be shitting me and i, when I looked over there and that's when it, i was yeah. like holy shit it was you not, what's well, her name but. And, and and don't misconstrue that they're, they're not saying that they're they're too good for any of this treatment for any of that <clears throat> what they're saying that it wasn't the right type of treatment and so you know if, if you're not a, a leo or if you're not a first responder and you're listening and you're like god oh, me and these guys are talking crap it's not talking crap there's a place for everybody and when you when you dig through those trenches and you go through uh this life they're going and being baker acted is not the solution so i'll let you jump back in there. i just wanted to make, no, that make sure that point. everybody knows that was a you good know, point. because we're, we're not better than we're not no. saying that it's but it's not the right place and we got to establish that for sure no, and he, Chris is right. I'm not dogging out and saying we're better than anybody, but it, it's 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 hard to swallow when you're on the other side of the fence, so to speak. You know what I mean? And I got put in there. So, I, you know, I was angry at so many different levels. And I was just angry, in, in, in period, because I go, 
I'll go back and when I, I, I can remember as bad as my memory is, I can remember when I started in their career, I was a man, I'm a Cocoa Beach surfer. It was surfing and everything was fine and cool and fun. And then as the, you know, as the trauma incurs in your life and then right. of course, and you're growing up and yeah. you know, and you have kids and all these things impact your life, things change, I get that. But I, got, I, I wasn't that guy no more. And then I, I remember you know, I'd walk down the hallway and Tony's such a loving friend. It's always like, Hey man, you okay? And it trans from as close as we are to you saying, Hey, you okay? And my answer to you was always, no, fuck you. I'm fine. Go fuck you, man. And excuse my language, but that's what I would say to him. That's not the way I talk to him. That's not the way I feel about him. Not only was it Tony, it was a few others. Tony's wife, She's she was a, a mediator in a lot of it. She's the mediator. She was my dear friend. I, I mean, I love her to death. I treated her like freaking crap. And right. then, one, she's scary as hell. She's probably the scariest freaking woman <laughs> yeah. on the planet. She when She's the woman, when she asks you a question, don't lie. Don't, she already knows just the don't talk, I don't even you talk better, to her. You tell if, the she, truth. Yeah. if she's asking a question, on the yeah. Walmart. They should have put her on the OJ case yeah. and, <laughs> and all them other ones. So she would say stuff to me, and, and I'd get nervous. I was delirious. I, I didn't have my act together. So, of course, I would lie to her. And I impacted our relationship horribly because of that. T- Tony was a little different. I didn't really, you know, because she was a girl and I was screwing around and doing unethical crap with women and doing shit. Sorry, baby. That's you okay. know. And That was before and you. Where we're at. That was before no, you. No, that was. Oh, no, you're right. That, no, that no, was, no, you're right. No, right. right. That was during me. All right, let's not talk about that. That's not where no, you're about. Well, she, you but, know, it's the topic. Right, That's what we do. Absolutely. <laughs> this, is, this is how we got there. And, the, yeah. and it's, it's being like, honest. That's how we get over it. Good. And, and, and that's just the way it was and and she would call me out on my shit and it would make me mad and mm-hmm. you, you know so it, all those things are leading factors on on what happens and then so i'm gonna i'm gonna turn this over to you guys here in a minute because this is your thing that's just a small part of the nutshell of where i was at and th- i got to a point where i didn't want to be around everybody I didn't want to be around anybody. I didn't like anybody. And then also, when you're stressed out at that level, you're also depressed. And depression will manifest like a like a monster. So I always thought everybody hated me. Everybody was mean to me. And then the guys would tease me, like the normal stuff. Yeah, I'm sure. Normal right? cop, normal right? cop right. stuff. We'd be in our SWAT brief and the shit we've been doing for, right. for 10 years yes. or more at the time which was a normal thing, I couldn't handle it no more. And I would lose my mind. I would be screaming at people and cussing and carrying on and hating people. And ultimately it got to a point, and at no time was it anybody's fault. You know what I mean? At no time. But I got to a point where I just had enough. I just did not want to be here no more. And I just put a gun in my head and pulled the trigger. Right? Hey, we're going to take a quick break. That's the marinade on that. Tell someone to tune in. We'll be right back. Look what Brandon wrote up there.
Are you new to a leadership position? Are you finding it hard to deal with certain personalities in a workplace? Maybe you're trying to reshape your organizational culture to increase your retention, your readiness, as well as your performance of your individuals on your team. Hi, I'm Stefan Williams with High Bowl Leadership Development Training. I welcome you to contact me to kind of explore some things that we can do to help you with your people needs. We're in the business of human capital performance on the professional side as well as the personal side. If you're looking for a motivational speaker to open up your convention, contact StephanWilliams.com. If you're looking for someone that's going to help you redefine your own personal leadership style, contact StephanWilliams.com. If you're just looking to take your team to the next level, contact StephanWilliams.com, and that is S-T-E-P-H-O-N Williams.com, Habu Leadership Development Training. We look forward to seeing, hearing, and working with you. You're listening to Space Coast Podcast, home of the greatest podcasts on the Space Coast. If you're interested in becoming a sponsor or having your own show, email us at SpaceCoastPodcast at Hotmail.com. Space Coast Podcast. Talk hard! good all right so during the commercial break we're sitting there cracking up two things you know my brother's punking me out because i was a crazy kid yeah i've been crazy my whole life and people who know me when they read that thing they're going to crack up because everybody knows how i like to pull knives out and cut people but uh i, I never officially <laughs> stabbed him i i, I might have chased him a couple times but i didn't fight much with my brother we we had a great relationship we still do thank god for that um and then branda you know, Branda, I, she said, I wish I was there to add my two cents. You're not here for a reason. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know better to bring you here and let you chew my ass on my show on national broadcast. You can chew me out later. But I do love you, Branda. You're just the best. So um, I'm going to wrap my, my little segment up. So the the issue is is how do we treat each other? What puts us in that position? How do we deal with it? I can, you know, obviously you got a sh- short stint of, of what I did and what transpired, I mean, and what I did to these guys. So now I want Chris and Karen and Tony to um, finish up and and give their side of it and somewhat maybe we can get this message out of what to do when your friend and your partner, um, you know, because it's a, it's a crappy situation to Very be in crappy. because you're trying to protect them. Do you get them in trouble? And uh, this is one of the impacts that law enforcement has of, of one of the things we deal with. And that might come into that category of stigma as much as I can't stand that word. But uh, anyway, that's my two cents on it. And uh, I'm going to sit back and let these guys go at it. So, so right before the break, Doug said, and I put a gun to my head and I pulled the trigger. Like, that's insane. So I, I'm going I'm to shoot it over to Tony and, and help us to understand what's happening in the in the background the doug isn't seeing how do you make the decision to load him into a vehicle and drive with him all the way up who makes those decisions how do you decide that you're going to do that and then what does it take to get in the car and actually make that trip and then what what did you see when you get there that's a lot so we'll, we'll break it down one by one but this is tony markika and uh let me, just overall great guy well thank you let me cut in tony real quick so brandon what do you I'm, I'm not sure what you're talking about with jt 
Um, I'm curious if you want to put it up there and text it to me and my son's on there. Hey, Tanner. So I want to add one thing because, Karen, you said uh, we didn't highlight anybody today. I do want to highlight one person. Manny Fernandez, he's a, he's a sergeant for Cocoa, Cocoa Beach. So he was a young officer at the time, and he got subjected to my crazy ass in the middle of the street, and I, I showed my stuff and ended up, um, I, I was not very nice to uh, the chief of Cocoa Beach and Al Scott and the former chief, and, and they were doing their best with situation they had, but obviously I was, you know, was not in a good place. But anyway, Manny put himself in a bad situation. We got to about... Um, and rightfully so, they handcuffed me because I was ready to fight. They, um, he pulled over in Pine, on, uh, and I hope I don't get him in trouble. I, th- I think he did get in trouble, if I remember correctly. And he, he pulled over by Patrick, and he took me out of the back of the car and put me in the front of the car and handcuffed me treated, because he was like, like he treated me like a brother. He knew I needed help. He knew that that was not the way it should have been done and i even remember we pulled up to the place in melbourne and there was a melbourne female cop there and she freaking was mad why isn't he in handcuffs and he you know blah 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 and he was like do you know who this guy is and cut it out and uh so to this day i have never forgotten the and and i needed that at that time you know so that's a highlight right there that guy is a true brother he's a freaking phenomenal sergeant he's doing wonderful things in coca beach all the kids love him he's been at the school i actually reached out to him today because i i wanted to ask him if i could talk about him today on the show but he was in class so anyway there's a highlight for today you get the opportunity um and you know him reach out to him tell him how awesome he is and uh for me uh that so i'm done and for those of you who don't know, Branda, uh, Tony's wife, is the officer that we highlighted last week. So um, doing amazing yeah, things as well. That's what doing she's huge. coming home to. Doing Look really how good. handsome he is. Oh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so can I rant about yeah. my style? Because, T- man, I, got, I, I might even have to stand up for this shit. Cause, yeah. Oh, I love it. I mean, hey. it, gets, it gets intense. Hey, y'all better call somebody, text somebody. It's about to get emotional. You better so, hold on. <laughs> So a little bit about Doug and I. Doug told you we started around the same time. So what? Um, this is good. Mm-hmm. So um, when we started, he around the same time in 2002. And see, now I'm getting a little nervous because this big thing is in my face. Oh, uh, dude, I got but, big you know, bird's dick in so, my face. I mean, it's so. a little different now. Now that it's on me now. But um, when we were going through it. Brandon played a big role in that because we did everything together. We did Christmas parties together. We did Halloween parties together. I remember dressing up, coming to your house with the kids, and we were doing you know, costume parties there. Um, and then it started going downhill. I started seeing a change in Doug, and um, Brandon started not- noticing it as well. And that's when all the – Speak to the, that real quick. What, what does the change look like? What, what are the little subtle, subtle signs? Oh, you could see the hatred. It, you could see the hatred and the negativity that he would just put out all over. I mean, and we were trying to talk to him at first. You know, you try to sit here and say, Doug, that's not the right thing to do. Doug, don't do that. You know, Doug, stop doing that. It got to the point so bad that where it was, all right, I don't give a shit anymore. I, I, can't, I can't put myself around this because mm-hmm. it's hurting me because – you know of, of the actions that he's doing and I don't want to be involved in it because I, we have a family you know we got to protect our family and everything and he's part of the brotherhood family 
And you're like, all right, well, where do we do with this? So it, we just started, you know, kind of, you know, all right, well, listen, if you want to do that shit and go ahead and do that, we're going to go do our stuff. And then we grew apart for a while, you know, and then, it, you know, I would still get that, you know, fuck you when we went down the hallway. And I'm like, hey, Doug, how you doing? And, you know, that's the way he would respond to me. Um, it, it Just total hatred towards me. And he would talk to Branda, but he wouldn't talk to me. And I remember having pillow talk with Branda about, you know, Doug feels this way, Doug feels that way, you know, and the anger that he just put out was just so, I mean, it, nobody wanted to be around it. That's why everybody started pulling themselves away from him. But he made a comment before we went to the last break about, you know, th you know, making a decision to get him in trouble. Nobody wanted to get him in trouble. We wanted to help him. We knew that there was something going on. We just didn't know what was going on. He was, he was just spiraling out of control. And we were thinking about it, at least the ones that I feel, the ones that, that loved him and cared about him, they were like, what, what the hell's going on with him? You know, because we never really experienced that. We started at the same time. We see bad stuff all the time on a daily basis, right? So we see a lot of nasty things. Incidents happen all the time. Two of them just happened this week. Right, Chris? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, you know, officers are dealing with that. And then Doug and I, you know, we've seen a lot of stuff together. So I could see how it affects people differently. It, actually, I think it all affects us the same. It's just how we... How we how we let it get out. Right, how we, how we let those emotions out. How do we deal right. with it, you know? Right. We talk to somebody or, you know, we, you know, anger, we get mad. We just, you know, just show our anger and hatred to the world, to everything. So... There was actually a couple of years where we didn't hang out at all, Doug and I. And then this whole incident started happening about him, you know, coming up. And there's talk. There was rumors. You know, Doug saying that he's going to hurt himself. Doug saying he's going to hurt himself. So everybody's like, well, I, I didn't hear anything. Well, no. Listen, if you heard something like that, You've let's do it. And then this is where, you know, I feel. And there is a whole bunch of stuff. But I'm looking at the clock. We only got 20 minutes. And I, I let other people talk. But there's a whole bunch of stuff that's in the middle there that I could touch on, you know, about Doug. But... When you start seeing stuff like that, it's like, all right, what do we do now? How do we help this guy? And I remember sitting down with Cantaloupe at the time going, this is what he said, you know, and, right. you know, this is what officers are saying that he said, and nobody wanted to say anything. So I was like, well, no, we need to do something about this. And I remember going into the, when they made the first decision, which was the wrong decision, but that's how, that's how we knew how to deal with that at the time, was to do a Baker Act. I was in the room with, um, with uh, it was uh, Lieutenant Casey at the time. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. Soon as he told you that, you just—I mean—you took off everything. I thought everybody was going to fight in the in the commander's office or lieutenant's yeah. office at the time. Yeah, I wanted to fight him. Yeah, I know you did, and you took your anger out on him. You know, I, and all he was was just a messenger. Yeah, I know. you know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And he was just trying to help at the time. What we thought that was the right way to do it. Go ahead. Well, I, I think that that's important. That's such an important thing that you just said at that time, right? Which was six. Six years, years ago, ago at that time right. that's how you that's the only way you knew how to deal with it and right. six years ago this was just becoming right a topic hadn't really become a topic we didn't have all these wonderful organizations back back then and one of the other things that I wanted to say um, was going back to what our topic was last week who are you loyal to um, I've heard some discussion really about loyalty, but we also touched last week on when you have a first responder that is in crisis, mm -hmm. they think that nobody is loyal to them. And, right. th and that basically is what you were saying. Exactly. Is that you felt like everybody was against you, everybody hated you. You guys right. felt like we don't know 
what to do. Where, this why is the first is he time we don't have way? an answer? Right. Right. Yeah, we didn't have an answer. Nobody knew. So it was like, all right, we have to do something now to figure this out to buy us some time. And that's what was the resolution to buy us some time was to send them down to you know down south for a little bit for a couple right. of days. And yes, it was a wrong thing, but you want to talk about it doesn't only affect him, it affects everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, I had to, by that time that he was gone, I sat down, we talked to Cantaloupe at the time, and he was like, listen, we found this place in Hattiesburg, you know, Mississippi. You know, um, we just got to figure out how to fly him there if you do this. I said, no. I said, I'll drive him there. I said, give me a car. We'll drive him there. We don't even have to worry about it. Just put me up in a hotel for a couple of days. So you got your, went through your therapy. And I sat in a hotel room every day by myself. I remember going, I want to saw a movie by myself while he was going to therapy. Five days. Was it five days? It was, no, I want to say it was three, three. days. Yeah, it was three days was three. when we went to Hattiesburg. And then two travel days, yeah. Yes, yeah, it took us all day to get there, of course. But it was very, I mean, it, it was very, you till we found that spot and all the people that were behind that and working it. And look at what it's become now. You know, I never heard of officers having PTSD. I thought it was just for military veterans. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Well, and, and from... My side, I remember leading up to that, um, it, this was my first experience with a first responder. I, I, yeah. Nobody in my family is a first responder. I didn't have any friends who were cops or firefighters. Right. Uh, so this was all kind of new to me. And I remember, uh, I remember Doug cutting himself mm -hmm. and showing me. And, and I remember telling him, you, you have to stop. But even I didn't know right. what to do back then. Right. Uh, I mean, you thank God now there are so many resources and that so many people are talking about this because at the very least we're having good conversation so that we can kind of process through right. what the best way to handle something is. And even then it's hard. Well, right. But now that we know and, you know, unfortunately, you know, Doug helped us with all this stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have there's there's stuff, there's places, there's treatment centers that help not only just military veterans to help law enforcement, yeah. you know, with, with this type of, you know, uh, mental illness, you know, is that we yeah. could call it that, right? You can call yeah, it that. So, I mean, it, it, and, you know, thanks to him, it opened my eyes on everything. And I think it's making me a better supervisor because it's given me a lot more to look at, you know, in other, my other officers, you know, the officers at the police department, part of our team, you know, in our family, our blue line family. And it, and I knew the wrong reaction was to leave him alone for the couple of years because I knew it bothered him because he would tell Brenda on a on a daily when he was upstairs going, you know, I don't understand why Tony don't you know want to fucking hang out, want to do this, want to do that. And it was just it wasn't that it was because I don't want to do all the crazy shit. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And it was and it was stuff that you just you know, you I cared for the guy. I still love the guy to death through all of it. And then when they said, hey, can we do, you know, what can we do? I was like, no. And Brandon had my back. She goes, I'll go. Go to drive them up there and get them that treatment. And that was the, I'll tell you something. We talked from the moment that we left out of his driveway to the time we got in the driveway there. And he was resistant the whole way. You want to talk about somebody that was responsible for not only, you know, somebody that he cares about, his best friend, but the whole way up there was 10 to 12 hours, right? And I didn't know what he was going to do. So I was trying to keep him positive, and he would just revert to anger constantly. You know, I want to fucking do this. This is bullshit. This is, everything was, you know, BS. 
But you know, we just kept trying to change the subject, try to keep on. And I mean, that was that was pretty hard for fourteen hours to try to talk. <laughs> fourteen hours, you know. I'm, I mean, for for six minutes we can talk and then we take a break. I right. Mean, you know. Well, to, right. right and, yeah. and I'm sure Brandon will tell you she, if something gets long winded, I'm like, oh god, this is too long. I can't be taking this anymore. I don't want to talk anymore. <laughs> but for fourteen hours, I had to entertain Doug and try to keep him happy. You know, keep him fed. And somebody that's picky too. I don't eat fucking vegetables. We had to go find <laughs> special places to go eat. I mean, this was. Ridiculous! I if I would have known, I, if I should have known. I should have planned a whole itinerary where we're going to stop, what we're going to do, to, you know, to get him this place safe. Listen, Fat you did something. You, you did something right because that's when he tried his very first chicken and waffles. And yeah, I'll, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'll never yes, forget. Yeah. He yeah, called right. me from Mississippi and <laughs> yeah. was like, "I just had the best thing yeah. to eat." Yeah, we were at um, it was at uh, uh, what was that restaurant? It was Cheddar's. Chedders. Yes, I, I mean, remember that. I we love went that. there a couple weeks ago. Yes, yeah. I remember that. I'm hungry and, now. And really, you know. <laughs> From there, uh, you know, so we can kind of, Jesse, we'll probably just skip the commercial break um, if you're okay with that. Um, From there, because I, you know, I kind of want to tell the whole story because there is so much more. From there, y'all came home and he had one day. I remember we all got together. He had one day and then you guys had to take him down to Palm Beach for six weeks of inpatient treatment. Right. Um, And, you know, we've talked before about how that kept you from wanting to put a gun to your head and pulling the trigger again, but it, it did not treat the trauma. No. So when he came home, there was almost like this honeymoon phase, but he still wasn't really happy fixed. No, he wasn't because he was sharing happy. a room with three other people. I think at the time it was, cause I remember going down to visit you down there yeah, and yeah. you were like, yeah, man, they got to shuttle us in this bus everywhere. They take us to the gym. They take us here. And you were stuck with these three people in the same room and you want to talk about somebody that just wants to be alone you know has all these Mm -hmm. these these issues going on and now he's got to listen to three other people stuck and the room wasn't very big it was a small efficiency yeah it was a crap hole that's why i'm so adamant about providing proper treatment to first responders because i was in a dump and uh my roommates they ended up becoming my buddies you know what i mean but uh it, it was it was nasty yeah but you fought it all the way every therapy session. I remember you telling me all this uh, stuff. Don't every, you remember what I did the day yeah, when we got there? Yeah, <laughs> at every therapy session, all that. When we went to Hattiesburg thing, as soon as we sat down with the, the counselor, I mean, it was just a straight up argument right off the bat. And I'm like, dude, can you just, just shut up for a minute? I mean, it, it got heated a little bit and where I was getting aggravated because I'm like, we just were in a car for 14 hours. You're going to listen to this dude. You know, we're going to try to get you some help. Here. I just invested my life into you. Well, so. If that's. I, I mean, yeah, but it's a good it's a good investment to absolutely. do because you right, know right, I care right. about a bastard. You right. know, I, I want to <laughs> kill him, but I you know I care about him. You know, right? But, but I think that this is such an important discussion amongst all of us because as as the caretakers, if you will, as the people who love the person who is going through something very difficult, it, it's very very difficult for us as well. And so you, you have to arm yourself with knowledge. You have to be educated. You have to take care of yourself as well. Right. Uh, because if you can't do that, you can't take care of your, of your buddy. You can't take care of your spouse. Right. So there's, there's so much that wraps into it. Um, and then, you know, after that whole thing, Doug came home. And like we said, he was, he was all right for a few months. And he went back to work and everybody at work saw this different 
dog. And it's funny you say that because I even went to Caleb again. I'm going, dude, he's spinning again. There's something going on. Well, and 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 really, look what happened. He had a terrible relapse. He wasn't mm-hmm. putting a, a gun to his head right. and pulling the trigger, but he was doing other things that were extremely self-destructive, right. self-destructive for himself, self-destructive for our family. Right. Um, and But I have to say, I think that you may have seen some things, but as a whole, many people missed that. Of course. And that's what we... That's what we need to understand. That's what people need to understand is that, one, it's very difficult for the people that are involved supporting, but we, we have to stick by them because they feel like... A loner. They, they feel, feel like a loner. Yeah. They feel like there's nobody there for right. them. Um, mm. how, I don't know. You tell me. How many times did Doug tell you you turned your back on him? Did oh, you yeah, have, I, it was hundreds. It was uh, hundreds. Yes, and I was, always, I was always the one that changed. It yes. wasn't him. Right, but and, I mean, we're not ragging on you, babe. You know, I mean, yeah, y'all. Are. No, no, we are. We're, we're throwing it all out there, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm listening. I, I'm because you, know, you know you got to remember a lot of this stuff. I don't remember. So. No, and it's very. It's not. It's not only hurtful for you, but it's hurtful for us watching yes. and doing what we had to do mm-hmm. to try to get you that help because nobody wants to do that to a brother. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Nobody wants to do that to a brother. And but the outcome. And I'll tell you this right now. And when you told me that you were doing this. When you were getting this stuff going on, I mean, I got to tell you, I got goosebumps now. Look at that, Karen. See that? I got to tell you, it was amazing because I was like, holy shit, this guy went from totally down a drain now helping people that are in a spot where he was. You know what I'm saying? And it feels good. He gives me a lot of credit. Listen, I'm like any other friend that would be there for somebody that they love. You know what I'm saying? He's the one who gets the credit because he's the one who did the big change. Right. He had to do the big change because if not, I really don't believe if we didn't see that and if we didn't do that. And again, I got to throw Caleb out there. If Caleb div- didn't give us the support mm-hmm. that we needed, I don't think Doug would be here today. I, I really don't. I agree yeah. with that. No. Yeah. And I tell Caleb, yeah, yeah. I, I really strongly believe, and I'm sorry, Karen. No, no. I strongly believe that Ke- that Caleb is the one, the first chief that I know of, at least in our era, that started this wave with, trying to get somebody some help. He looked and he found that place in Mississippi. Yeah, he, he called um, Doug Muldoon and John Blackledge. Yes, and he's those guys, that, right? gave, to this day, they're they're on my team. You know, right. John's my mentor. John's and, one of the and, best people I've ever met. And yeah. Doug is, uh, what's, is Doug our vice president? Or he's something, he's a big part of Survive First. Muldoon, he's on our board of directors. Yeah, and, uh, and, and Chris, you, you're, you're not care. saying a whole lot. Just because you <laughs> well, were in Afghanistan <laughs> fighting Taliban well, doesn't give you no excuse not to be there for you. You know, I, I, I have ample opportunity to run my mouth. But, you know, here, here's the thing. Look at, look at the panel of four sitting here. And each person in this process had a different impact. And what they saw, what they took away from it was, um, I mean, that's heartfelt. That's emotion. Emotion creates movement. There was a lot of emotion in that time. And each person had to give a little bit and move and be willing to live outside of their comfort zone. Right. And then they had to support each other and have faith and hope. I mean, this is this is not just an easy subject. No. Each, well, not to interrupt, Chris, I'm sorry, but just like earlier when, you know, a you thought a touchy subject got yeah, brought yeah. up about, you know, stuff that we went right. through. And I looked at you and I said, 
No, that's that's it's, our story. Right, you're we right. talk about everything that we that we went through right. with and there's no animosity. We've healed. And that's and, important and so to do, right? Is. That's part yeah. of the healing yes. process Absolutely. to do. You're so, exactly so right. So we have no problem with with any part of our story. You're right. Um, you know, being told to the world because like Chris and I were talking last week, it shows that there is hope. Yeah. Uh, that you Gotta can go it. through the worst of the worst, but with work Right. And there's hope. Right. And this man right here is the one is a sign Absolutely. that shows that there's hope. Absolutely. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> listen, uh, listen he, I, I live with the guy. Yeah, so. he's still got some stuff. There's but a lot of people out there going, y'all, man, y'all are full of crap. Yeah, but I'll tell you this right are now. Are you talking you're, about the same Doug Mondo? Yeah, you're a lot more pleasurable to talk to now than you were back then. I'll tell you that right now. Just you don't know, cross him. Just don't, yeah, that's right. Just don't cross him. Don't right. cross me. But, you know, it's um, it, it's something that we all have learned. I, I think it's in my position that I am now with the agency. I think it's given me a lot because I've learned a great deal from this, from Doug, and to learn to see what to look for now in other officers mm -hmm. that might happen. You know what I'm saying? You said that and, this and, morning. And how to speak up. Right. I mean, yeah. you know, right. now you know what you, what's able to be done instead of saying, Okay, here's the handcuffs behind your back, set in the back. You're going to the the treatment facility, the closest one, and we're going to treat you like, you, you know, you don't need to be treated. There's there's an alternative route, and that starts with the conversation. If you're the friend, it, it, you have to identify that your your partner is in crisis. You got to get help. You got to speak up, ask questions. There's Doug started the show off with. It's not just us. You don't got to call us. There's a lot of great organizations out there to right. be a part of, um, to call, to get help. And if you're the person in crisis, this is your family. Your family loves you. We love you. And, and I can't say, I can't stress that enough. Like you're not alone in this walk. There are people, I mean, Tony just talked about it. The police chief, the, all the people, the SWAT team, the brothers, the sisters that, surrounded Doug and were willing to take him away and try something different. This is kind of like we have the conversation because 164 or 163 mm -hmm. is way too much. One is too much, but I, I'm telling you, I don't want to lose another one. Right. I, I don't. And, and I'm willing to go to whatever length. So, and, and I, we're all sincere here. If you need to call us, call us. We are available to you. Well, and, and just going back to Mike Cantaloupe, um, you know, we all say how much uh, how much we appreciate the chief for everything that he did and how he support. was so for the support. Right. Absolutely. Because that then, decision could have been totally different. Uh, that decision. Well, it was been. the first time. But well, it didn't end up that. Chief. Right. Yeah, well, different. right. But you could see how what one person can make a yeah. difference. Yeah, absolutely. Right. How absolutely. And, and I think that it's very important to put out there now that as the years have progressed, we see so many chiefs. We have talked to so many at conferences oh, that yeah. are, they are begging for information. They want their, their, um, their guys and their girls to know that they are there, that they can go to them if they're having a problem and that they're there for support because really they don't want to lose anybody. This is all coming out now and, and so nobody should be afraid to go to their administration and say, hey, I need help. Right. Because from what we have seen, we've been to a lot of conferences and we've spoken to many, many chiefs and they are all on board. Right. 
No, yeah, right. for the most, yeah. yeah. So we're we're almost out of time for the night. So I, um, you know, you guys, um, wrap it up. You know, do your wrap up. Touch on um, what they should what they should do if they're in that predicament, and also, um, you know, what your you know what to do. Tony, you got three minutes to really run this down. Tell us from your standpoint. They, they, they've heard from me, and I and I think you love the hell out of them right where they're at, first and foremost. Right. Don't give up on your partner. Be loyal. You know, Be loyal to your brother, your sister, your friend, and, and ask for help. You don't have to do this by yourself. And if, if you don't know how to help your partner, ask for help. We are here. There's no secrets in this. We can help you through the process. Pick up the phone, call. If you don't want to call, survive first. There's just uh, reach out to somebody. Well, and let me ask Doug, babe, what is your advice, babe, babe, (laughs) what is your advice to somebody who is going through what you went through? what I, my advice for the person who's going through what I'm going through is, yeah, you, you, you've got to have that talk. You've got to reach out because here's the deal. I, I say this all the time. The bottom line is it, it, you should not be killing yourself over a job and over stuff that can be fixed because this can be fixed or obviously I'm living proof of it. So, you know, there is. The other part, too, is it was what it really was trying to get out before with these guys is you know you've got to have those conversations because a lot of times you say oh we don't want to get in trouble we don't want to hurt them we don't want it but listen uh, but you got to because in the same breath if it costs you your job or it costs your career or anything like that you're still alive because you know at that point you know i didn't walk around telling anybody anything i just wanted to die i just wanted to get the hell out of here because i hated this place i hated everybody in it and so and that's usually you know listen man there's a lot of cops out there killing themselves right Mm -hmm. think about it if you just really dissect that a cop killing himself because you've really i mean think about it at the bottom of the barrel to end your life it's a radical thing. So stop them. Have the conversations. Don't let things spiral out of hand. And, and don't let the career get in the way. Because the career can be fixed if you can be fixed. Right. Right? Well said. That's it. That's good. That's good. All right. Well, um, anything else, Tony? No, I think uh, Chris said it all good. And I appreciate you guys' invite tonight. So. No, so. Uh, no, you're done. First and foremost, thanks for tuning in. Please share this. Please like it. Tell someone else about it. Tune in next time. We'll be back next Monday, correct? And I think so. I won't be here. Right. I'll be in Boston next week. I think I'm in Boston next week. So it's, uh, it's on you guys. It's kind of hard to, to uh, beat this matchup. I mean, you got two awesome guys with big muscles and tattoos i mean i i'm in we're just ugly and you're one of us man That's so right. don't always that try to print just because you got a pretty shirt on tonight oh. we can he get always, you a tattoo he, he, anytime he's, bro he's got he's a nice one we can we go were, right after this yeah we'll yeah. tattoo you yeah up we'll get and, you some and, uh, one of those hannah tattoos once upon a time tony and i had fresh skin so listen before we shut this down i'm never gonna miss the opportunity to obviously 
thank everybody who's in my corner. Obviously, four of them or three of them. Four. We'll include you, Jesse. You're the producer. Anyway, um, they're in the room with me. Man, my wife is an angel. She's sacrificed her whole life for me. Um, I'm sitting between two of my SWAT brothers who have, you know, protected protected me with their lives man that's what goes without saying obviously you know tony has i love him with all my heart i'm not embarrassed to say it on national freaking broadcast um please you know treat your treat your guys the way he treated me and no matter what they're doing um um you know, and his wife, they, they sacrificed their, for their families to, you know, to make sure that, that I stayed healthy. Um, obviously thanks to the cantaloupes as well. They did the same yeah. thing and, and Muldoon and John Blackledge, there was a big team behind it. My family, my kids, I'm not going to lose that opportunity to thank them because, you know, life is short yes. mm-hmm. and when you're very, you know, I, you, you, you never know what tomorrow's going to bring, especially okay. when, when I'm involved. <laughs> so anyway, with that, thank you. Anything you guys want to say? Come no. out Saturday to the Azan Shrine Center for our fundraiser. We hope to see all of you guys there. First so, stops the Dirty Ore. And remember, survive first and live happy. Thank you very much.